1: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm and uh, today not only lived up to the hype, it well exceeded my expectations which were already probably stupidly high. Um, It was uh, the first day of the early signing period. Uh, the, The Buffs had 20 players, 20 high school football players, or I guess... Yeah, it was 20. Sign their uh, letter of intent to come to the University of Colorado. They also had a couple of transfers sign on officially. That means that all these guys who've been committed to the team, whether it's been for two weeks like some of them or for a year like others, uh, they, are, they are locked in. They can't change their decision now. Um, pretty great. Pretty great. Um, I don't even know where to start. Today was just so much fun. Um, you know, the, the the University of Colorado Athletics Department put up uh, their own live show all morning. It was a two hour show, and it was really well done. Uh, it's not something that a lot of schools do, or at least I was looking around and couldn't find really anything like it. It it was, it was very professionally well done. This is the kind of stuff that. Mel emphasizes, and it's just so cool to see it all play out. So the way the show worked, um, you know, it was hosted by Mark Johnson. Uh, he he did have Neil Welk, uh, the m- managing editor of uh, cubuffs.com, on to talk at points. Uh, he he talked to Mel for a couple minutes, uh, but, but when it was time to announce that somebody had signed their letter of intent, uh, they threw it to one of the coaches, you know, a lot of the time defensively, it was Tyson Summers who went up to the podium and, uh, announced that whoever was signing was signing, said a couple words about him and put his name on the board behind him. Um, everybody's in suits. Mel was in a great, uh, like three piece suit. Um, Would love to have one of those. I have no, nowhere near enough money for that suit, though. Um, It it was really just insane day. Even the set behind the podium, like this, this wasn't like some cheesy little thing. Like honestly, I was worried it would be. You know, I, I I've seen how well the University of Colorado Athletics Department, all these graphic designers, all these people involved with the football department have really handled everything since Mel took over and it's been really good again a two-hour live show is a challenge you know that's something that we do at DNVR and it, it took a little bit of getting used to to get it all right but you know they had the whole big board they had like that that font that they've been using all the different fonts and, and they had signing day on the back for it, it I'm sure you guys have seen it most of you on Twitter that's where i usually pull people into this podcast. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance to watch that full show, watch it. It's so good. They're introducing players. It's it's not always coaches introducing the players. You know, the first one was introduced by Daniel Graham, who called in. David Bakhtiari was on there. Derek White, uh, Cheeto was on there. All these different guys jumping on the live show, being a part of this day, which was just so much fun. Um, really cannot speak... Highly enough about how well this whole thing was planned, um, how well it was executed. It was professional. It was not collegiate. Uh, it, it makes me want to dig through. Like, what did Bama do today? What did Clemson do today? Because I have a tough time seeing them do it any better. You know, Colorado. This has been something that I've kind of struggled with for a long time. This idea that. Colorado should be a national powerhouse because, again, you know, I was born in 1997. I was alive for the tail end of the good years before things kind of got dark. And, you know, there have been bright spots since, but they've been pretty sparse. I'm starting to really see it. I'm starting to really buy in. You know, it's kind of like what Andre says about how every FBS school in the country has one five to 10 year period that they think should be what they always are. And for the Buffs, it was kind of that late 80s to late 90s when they won the national championship, when they were consistently one of the best teams in the country. And and because they have that in their history, everybody thinks that they can just be that forever. But so many schools have something like that. Um, there, there's going to be ebbs and flows through every football program good things are coming with Mel Tucker and you know this path to national relevancy is becoming so clear so clear and uh it's just extremely exciting um again a lot of this is pretty broad you guys want to hear about the players you guys want to hear about what Mel Tucker had to say a great hearing from him um, and we're gonna dig into all of that but I did want to start this show off by saying perfectly executed so professional this is what big-time college football programs do, and Mel Tucker made it happen in Boulder. Um, just everybody involved. Incredible. Um, Mel also released this hype video. Uh, and and it was during his press conference that he first played it. He had his opening statements. They played the video. Um, guess what? It was really good. It got me hyped. It's getting people all over Twitter hyped. Uh, it's... I mean one of the lines in there is like culture isn't words on a wall it's what you do every day and that is so much of what they are trying to build right now in Boulder it's uh, just so impressive watch that video too Um, it's going to make you miss football season I want to give you that warning but run through a brick wall run through a brick wall Um, let's just start jumping in um, pretty much everybody we expected to sign. Yeah. Everybody we expected, expected to sign signed. Uh, there are still a couple, you know, jail stacks we talked about quite a bit yesterday, uh, on the show, you know, he's, he's the fullback from, uh, Cherry Creek who I think could factor in this year. He's going to blue shirt. So he didn't sign. That means, the uh, He'll sign this summer and it changes the scholarship accounting through all these complicated ways. And then he'll be with the team for fall camp and over the summer too. I think he's signing in June, I believe, is when the blue shirts sign. Uh, Also, Ashad Clayton. We'll talk more about him later, but he uh, did not sign today, which was expected. He was not planning on signing until February. uh, I think it's February 5th is the next day when... Uh, high school football players can sign letters of intent to play college football. Ashad's going to be part of that class. Uh, He's still committed to Boulder, but Kansas is making a run. We're going to say that. Um, We'll dig more into that later on. This was like a super long intro, but I should tell you a little bit more about Drift Car Sharing. It's an incredible service. It, uh, Oh, I'm actually going to pause this just because of the time situation. So I'm recording this at like three 30, uh, on Wednesday at six o'clock, uh, which will be like an hour or two after this post, like an hour and a half, hopefully after this posts, um, we are having a watch party for the avalanche game at sports column. It's going to be a blast Uh, 40 people have RSVP'd so far, uh, The people who work at DNVR don't count, and there's going to be 10 to 15 of us probably. And so there's 50 people all there, all watching the Avs, all screaming, who are just, I mean, they're number one in a lot of power rankings. This is the best, the Avalanche. Honestly, this team, and I know this is kind of blasphemy to some of you, but this team could rival some of the great Avalanche teams of the early 2000s, the 90s. It's special. It's special. If you guys want a fun environment to check it out, come hang out with us. Uh, if you if you RSVP before you come, we'll get you a free Christmas ale when you get there. First beer is on us. We're having a bunch of drawings. You know, We're giving away shirts. We're giving away tickets to games. I still don't know. I was able to figure out that there are over 40 RSVPs. I don't know uh, whether we're giving away sweet tickets or not. I, I promise you, they're good tickets. Um, and again... 40 people, that's quite a few to be screaming in a bar watching the Avs, but in terms of your odds of winning something, not not too many at all. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'll see some of you guys out there. These are probably my favorite things that we do, these watch parties, when we all get to get together and just be fans and talk about sports and get really excited. Plus, Beer, free beer. What's better than that? And it's the best beer, uh, which we're going to circle back to in like 10 minutes when I tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. Um, back to Drift Car Sharing, though. Great service. So much fun. Um, fun was a weird word to use. I'm super hyped right now about all of this buff stuff. Um, great service. Instead of par- paying to park your car at the airport, you drop your car at the lot um, outside the airport and you get to park there for free and then they rent your car out and they split the profits. If they can't rent your car out, you still get to park for free. Uh, you, you get your car cleaned for free. Uh, you, uh, your car is insured if it is rented out. So you don't have to worry about the bad things that could potentially happen. It's, it's just a great way to save, you know, maybe $50 a day. Um, when you combine the money you could make and the money you would lose parking, uh, while you're traveling that, That makes a huge, huge difference over the course of a five or six or who knows, like even like a two-week trip. Imagine, imagine doing that for an entire summer. If if you're a student and you're going back home or you're doing a semester abroad or something, imagine just making twenty bucks, thirty bucks a day the entire time you're gone. Uh, Sounds pretty killer to me. Uh, For more information, you can go to drivedrift.com. Incredible service, incredible people. We have loved working with them. Okay, back into this football stuff. Um, Here's the situation. There's a lot of things that Mel Tucker said today that I want to talk about. Um, I also put out a call on Twitter for your guys' feelings about this class, your questions about this class, um, kind of where you stand with uh, what happened today. Tell me whether I'm out of line or not out of line. So we have some good tweets. I haven't seen how many, but quite a few. Uh, so so we're going to go through what Mel Tucker said today. Then we're going to go through those tweets. And then with whatever time is left, I just want to go through some of these prospects individually. And we'll hit as many as we have time to hit, uh, whether it's Brendan Lewis talking about his strengths and weaknesses, uh, whether it's uh, Christian Gonzalez, the... The safety, uh, whether it's uh, Torin Pittman, potential star candidate, uh, maybe even day one star candidate. Uh, We're going to run through as many of those guys as we have time for at the end. That's kind of the plan for today. Um, You know what? Let's just, uh, before we jump into any of that, let me tell you about the fine folks over at Breckenridge Brewery. Um, Breckenridge Brewery is... One of my favorite things on earth, it's incredible beer. I'm excited to have one or a lot more than one of those tonight. Uh, We are recording the draft podcast tomorrow morning, and so I have to be, you know, lively for that. So maybe not too many. Depends on how the abs play. If they play well, you know, things can kind of spiral. Uh, Such good beers. The Christmas Ale is on sale right now. I don't know how long it lasts after Christmas, but I would guess it can't be long, so you should probably stock up. I am really stocked up. I have a lot of those in my fridge right now. I might have like 20-something. Very good beer. I'm going to miss it. Um, Also, the Strawberry Sky. Everything they do is just so good. The the prices are so reasonable, too. Hopefully you guys get to check them out tonight. If you guys want to try Breckenridge beer and you can't make it to our watch party at sports column at six o'clock tonight, I and mean, you could be late too. If you show up at eight, it's not like anybody's going to be like, Oh no. Um, uh, then you can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge brewery website and it'll tell you all the different beers um, that you can find near your, it'll tell you the easiest way to get whatever beer you want to try. If there's a specific one you want or you have in mind, uh, Thirty six states, they're everywhere. Check them out. Um, I would also like to tell you about Goldboys Wholesale Endress Distribution. Yikes, that's a tough start. Um, what it is, what Goldboys is, is you know, it's just all about innovative, top quality products. From their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme, they have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, bath scrubs, uh, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products, as well as Quantum Muscle Rub, Rehab X, and many more. Or check them out online today, and you can have those products shipped straight to your door. The inside of the Smoker Boutique is something you have to see for yourself. It was designed to inspire, motivate, and enlighten people it does just that. We're talking huge murals of Nelson Mandela, Oprah, Martin Luther King Jr., and so many more with quotes and inspirational sayings across the walls. It is truly one of a kind and you have to check it out for yourself. If you can't make it out to their shop, remember to browse their products online at goldboys303.com. That's goldboys303.com. And even better, if you're buying in bulk, you can call them for a discount at 720 372 nine eight four three and they'll take care of you uh gold boys where everything is gold okay um let's run through some of what mel tucker had to say in his press conference again this is the first time that we've heard from mel since uh right after the end of that loss to Utah it's been a few weeks it's kind of settled into the offseason. he's been out on the trail recruiting uh, pulling some some studs uh interesting to hear what he had to say about these recruits um and like i said you know he 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 said this in the video but he also said it Uh, during his opening statement, he said, culture is not just words painted on a wall. It's how we live every day. Boom. Great quote right there. Um, I don't think I need to break that down for you. So let's move along. Isn't it nice that we're back into this though? You know, we're, we're listening to me, read all of my tweets back to you guys after a press conference. Like it feels like football season. I, I miss this. Um, he also said these players and their parents, their high school coaches, they saw the vision here. Um, not too much to add on to that either. You know, that's, that's kind of how he sees this happening. He thinks the reason that the buffs are pulling their best class since they joined the pac 12 for sure. Best class for a while before that. And he thinks it's because of what's happening. He doesn't think it's a fluke. I don't think any of us out here think it's a fluke. Um, there you go. Uh, also said, we're not just collecting players; we're building a team. I really like that. I uh, I really, really like that. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the stars. And Mel had a lot of interesting things to say about that in particular. He uh, he he spoke about how they have a profile for every position. There there's somebody who they want for that position. You know, for for an offensive tackle, he, the profile might be six six. 320 pounds and he can move there you go that's that's what you're out there looking for every single day when you're recruiting uh you know they've they found some of those guys they found one who's six foot eight um six foot eight 320 pounds that's going to be their tackle down the road what a get what a get um i really like that and and he expanded from there not just saying that they have a profile that they're looking guy for guys who fit the profile um which which makes a lot of sense to me because that's how you build a team. Uh, you know, everybody likes to talk about how important it is for coaches to adapt their scheme to fit the players they have, and that's true. That's a valuable piece of being a good coach. But being able to find players who fit your scheme, fit your system, do what they're supposed to do, that's even better. That's so much better than having to change what you're doing to fit the guys that you have. When you have a bunch of guys who are there to do their job and can fulfill their duties because you recruited them to specifically do that, it means you don't have to tweak things. You know, when Wade Phillips won the Super Bowl with the Broncos as the defensive coordinator, he didn't all of a sudden... Run to the Rams and switch everything up. No, he still played the same, you know, attacking three, four with a man back behind all the blitzers. You don't change your schemes. You use whatever you think gives the best, the, the team the best chance to win, and you roll with that no matter what. That's your identity. And if it doesn't work, then maybe you take an assistant job at another school so that you can learn a new system. You know, that that's why Mel went to all the places he went to because he wanted to learn this defense. That's why he followed Nick Saban. That's why he worked with R- Romeo Cornell worked under Romeo Cornell. And if you ask him why he'll say, because I wanted to learn that defense. It takes a long time to learn how something works. You know, offensively it, it's a little more clear because you can see the different styles. You can see like, I want to learn how the zone run works you know, that's that's something that we've all heard of. We all have general concepts. But figuring out how all the blockers work together, what you need to fit, all the different tweaks you can throw at it, knowing it well enough that you can change it and be creative with it and find success, that's so important. You, you see that with the West Coast offense, you know, where the, the, the terminology is complicated. You use the, yeah, that's numbers for all the routes. It's, 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 complicated stuff but once you have it down once you learn the language once you understand what it's all about like deeply understand what you are trying to do you know whether it's like a numbers game west coast offense where you're trying to overfill one side of the field against zone coverage so that you have more guys than can be defended there you know that's kind of what the broncos did with adam Gates. that's his whole thing is that numbers game um and there are all these different ways to approach it after you learn the West Coast offense. So after you learn the West Coast offense, then you learn all these little variations of it where you're you're looking for different things. You're, you're trying to twist the defense in different ways. And then once you learn one, you can learn another. And you can kind of twist those two together. And it's a lot easier, maybe that's just me, to see offensively how all that works. Defensively, it's it's a little bit I don't know, it's more confusing or if it's just not talked about as much. You know, it's that route matching cover three where your outside corners are playing the deep third, but also if the receiver breaks off his route at a specific distance and whatever else happens, then the corner actually follows him instead of going back to his deep third. It's very complicated. Everything twists. And that's the defense that Nick Saban runs and Bill Belichick runs. And it's it's definitely evolved over time, but that's what Mel knows. That's what Mel's an expert at. Does he understand football enough to try some other things? For sure. And he knows how the rest of those work too. He's he's worked with a Tampa 2 defense and all that kind of stuff before. But what he knows deeply is this defense that is the same one that a lot of really good coaches use. And to ask him to not use this weapon that he knows how to use is kind of just a terrible idea to be to be honest and if you wind up with a bunch of cornerbacks who are best in zone or in man coverage and they kind of struggle to feel the game in zone then you have to make a change because you have to do what gives your team the best chance of winning and that was that was a debate this season whether they should be playing man coverage instead of so much zone coverage Uh, just because they had so many young guys they were blown assignments everywhere and man coverage is you know, it can be very simple if you let it be very simple. Um, Mel held to his scheme. Uh, he forced his players to learn his scheme. And I think that was the right call, especially because you know what, maybe they switch man coverage. They win the sixth game. They make a bowl game and all of a sudden they're playing on Saturday in whatever bowl game they would have played in. Uh, Honestly, who cares? This is about building towards something really special. Not a bowl game appearance, but a, a Pac-12 title game appearance. A, a national title game appearance. That was the theme all through today. They don't care about these little things. They don't care about, you know, what the buffs have been dealing with over the last 10 years or so outside of the Rise. But they really just are trying to compete for titles. Um just over and over and over again, Mel was saying that. If you're, if you're trying to get there, then bailing out these young guys and not forcing them to learn your defense, that's really not going to help you long term. And we saw them improve. We saw by the end of the season that it kind of did work out. They, they figured it out in time to beat Stanford to beat Washington. Uh, didn't happen against Utah, but Utah's a really good football team. They're making progress. They're finding guys, and this has been a long tangent but they're finding guys who fit their scheme so that they don't have to tweak it, so that you are letting Mel Tucker use this weapon that has made him so successful as a defensive coordinator for the last however many years he's been so successful as a defensive coordinator. I don't know why you'd want to take that away. Again, when it comes time, when when they are one win away from a Pac-12 title game and and for some reason something changes and they have to throw somebody out there who doesn't fit perfectly in his role then yeah if if you have a linebacker who can't cover as much ground as you need him to cover then you tighten up his zone, you expand everybody else's zone, you change things around with these little tweaks to cover it up but the more you can avoid that the better and that's what this was all about. It's not about star chasing. It's not about who has four stars, who has five stars. It's about who fits on your team. Uh, other theme, not just finding guys who fit that profile, fit, fit the physical profile, the athletic profile, the mental profile even for the positions that they are recruiting for. Um, there was also a, a theme of players who were very successful in high school. Um, state champions everywhere. Guys who'd only lost three games in their entire high school career. Guys with winning mentalities, uh, an- another thing that was very obviously, uh, very hi- very highly valued by this coaching staff. Um, to-, to finish off this train of thinking uh, from Mel saying that they have that physical profile, he had another great line in there when he said, you know, we try not to make exceptions to this profile because if you make too many exceptions, you have a team full of exceptions. You know, when what he also said was that he doesn't want to put this team in a situation where they're ever going up against anybody who you see coming off the bus and you just know that they don't have a chance. They don't want that for any individual matchup. They don't want a left guard who doesn't have a shot against the defensive tackle he's up against just because he is so much smaller. He doesn't want... Uh, the same thing with the rest of the offensive linemen or running back who's just going to get battered by these linebackers or cornerbacks who are going to get battered by receivers. He wants guys who fit these profiles because that's how you win championships. And he said that he said, I've been on these great teams. I've been on teams that won national championships. Here's what you need. You need to make sure, first of all, that you have guys who are even capable of playing on that level. And if if your left guard is 250 pounds, guess what? He's getting bullied. And, and this all came back to all day how the Buffs are going to compete at the national level. He's not trying to take these little steps. He sees these guys and says, you know what? This is a guy who could be a starter on a team that competes with Power 5 schools, the best Power 5 schools in the country At some point in his career in Boulder. That's how he sees all of these guys. And it's just so exciting. And that energy was just so... You couldn't ignore it. It was just overflowing. What a day uh, just listening to him talk. I I missed it. Sometimes sometimes you do need this break. You know, it had been since the Utah game that you hear him talk. And now... You're like, oh yeah, remember what it was like early in the season, the first couple times when you hear him talk and you're just in awe? You're like trying to tweet quotes, but all of a sudden you realize that your mouth's open, you're just like drooling with big eyes. Huh. There was a little bit of that going on today. Uh, just because, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's he's good for this job. Um, let's see, where do you even jump into from here? We're already going long. I knew we were going to go long. I don't I honestly don't care you guys can turn me off if you want we have a lot of stuff to talk about um Mel also spoke about the starting quarterback job and did not answer the questions the way I thought he was going to answer uh, we learned a lot today uh just just to make sure everybody's on the same page here Brendan Lewis, the dual threat quarterback out of Texas is the third ranked commit now signee uh, for the Colorado Buffaloes in the 2020 class. Uh, I thought that he was probably the favorite to land the starting quarterback job in 2020 as a true freshman. And I think that that became even more likely today. Uh, First, first when he was asked about the job, uh, who's going to get it, what the battle is going to be like, Mel said, it's going to be fair. It's going to be intense and it's going to be a lot of fun. Competition brings out the best in everybody. There you go. So now, you know, it's an open competition. Uh, You know, I think he was, he was asked whether, I think it was Brian Howell of the Daily Camera asked him if, if he wanted to get this figured out in the spring so that he knows who he's rolling with in the fall, has more time to prep. You aren't wasting fall camp first team reps on a guy who won't be that guy. And Mel wouldn't say that. Mel said that it's a competition basically until somebody wins the competition. He was also asked whether the Buffs plan on finding a quarterback in the transfer portal. And this has been a hot topic because it it did seem like for a long time, and even right now, I think RK would still tell you, he's—he, I guess maybe not after today, but, but he was saying he thinks that the Buffs will try to find a grad transfer and patch the hole at quarterback for one year and let Brendan Lewis develop. Here's what Mel said. That's not a consideration for us right now. So there you go. Doesn't sound like a transfer quarterback's coming in. It's going to be one of Brendan Lewis, uh, Tyler Lytle, or Blake Stenstrom, more than likely, winning that starting quarterback job. Uh, if, if I were to handicap this race, I think there's about a 80-plus 80, 80 percent chance that Brendan Lewis is your starting quarterback day one as a true freshman, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways you can look at that. If you guys are disappointed, that's fair. He's going to have some struggles. At the very least, though, boy, is it going to be fun. Having a true freshman quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, ran for 39 touchdowns, I believe, in three years in high school. Out there running this offense, you know, a power offense, an offense that I was comparing last night to kind of what the Ravens are trying to do with with all these big, bulky tight ends, these big running backs, just playing power football. But then you have the speedy quarterback who can just break free whenever he wants. Just opens up so many things. That's going to be a blast to watch. Um, again, nothing set in stone. Maybe Mel is playing hardball with some quarterback. <laughs> who who knows? Who knows? But uh, as of right now, based on what Mel said, there you go. Uh, Brendan Lewis has to be the favorite. It is a competition. It is a competition. Brendan Lewis just likely the favorite. Okay, we can move on. Uh, Mel also spoke about the in-state recruits. Um, Some success there. Carson Lee is a guy who I think is probably going to be the starting center down the road. Um, Who knows? He could even compete this year for that job. I do think at the very least he's going to be the backup center as a true freshman. Again, offensive line, like I've talked about the last couple days, really no rotation there unless somebody is playing poorly or gets banged up. Hopefully neither of those happen to anybody, but that is kind of the path for Carson to play, likely just because Josh Giants is a guy that this coaching staff is very hyped about at center. Um, Here's what Mel had to say about in-state players. We have to show progress on the field. That's what these in-state players are looking for. It's up to us to put our best foot forward. Uh, And He talked about the importance of winning, and then he said, as they've grown up, they haven't seen CU winning. They haven't seen CU going to bowl games. And that is 100% true, and he said it. And again... That's kind of what you expect him to say there. Uh, when he was talking about quarterbacks, I didn't expect it. I thought he might say, you know, we're keeping our options open. We're, we're going to see how things go. But he pretty much said, these three guys are going to have a shot to win this job. Very direct. Also very direct here, but in a situation where I kind of expected him to be. Um, he, he said this is on us. This is on us as a program that we aren't getting all these in-state guys to stick around. That's because they grew up. I mean, they're what four years younger than me. So if they were born 2000, 2001, then they saw basically none of Colorado's success. That's how they grew up. Uh, Which I know is kind of tough for some of you to believe who are older than um, this generation, because you've, Seen the buffs be so, so successful, you have those memories. But when you don't have those memories, again, I, I've said this before on this show, but as, as somebody who lived in Montana my whole life, didn't follow Colorado football, like I, I guess college sports in Colorado, all that closely, Colorado wasn't a name that came up in any football discussions in Montana. You know, they were kind of irrelevant for most of the time I was growing up. That's how it is for these young guys, too. Mel just addressed that. He said straight up, we need to win. All of a sudden, they'll see that we're winning. They'll want to be a part of it. They'll grow up Buff fans. They'll want to play for the Buffs. That'll be their life dream. There you go. There you go. Uh, I like it. I like it. Things are really changing. Things are really changing in Boulder um one more line before we uh move along and uh that's when mel tucker said if you can't recruit to boulder you can't recruit beautiful and you know what actually let's dig into that let's dig into that because in that line you see what mel thinks of boulder he thinks that boulder is special and it's really tough to sell something to somebody. It's tough to sell to an 18-year-old that this is where you want to be, unless you really deeply believe it yourself. And that's what's so obvious right there. And and that's kind of the theme through all of the different ways Mel recruits players. You know what would be really fun? It'd be really fun if Mel would like recruit me, just like just like a role play. Like let me see what recruiter Mel is like. You know what if what if he just like showed up and knocked on my door? I answer. He's like, Hey Henry, I want you to quit your job. Come to see you be, be the tackling dummy. Like just, just go out there, gain like 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds. I don't know how much a tackling dummy weighs and then stand there, just get beat up all day and, and then have him explain to me why I, I should do that. Like what exactly he says. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about all of this. I think that Mel really did come through, show what kind of recruiter he can be. Um, Again, it all comes back to him just being a very sincere man, uh, saying, here's what we're trying to do in Boulder. Here's what went wrong. Here's what went right. Here's what we're changing. Here's what your fit is. Here's why we want you. And when when he explains why he wants somebody, I would guess that it resonates because of how sincere he is in all the other aspects you know he really does mean it you you hear all these kids say i i could tell that he wanted me you know a, a common line is something like you know a, a, i think this was a shod clayton who said this a lot of schools said they wanted me mel tucker showed me he wanted me uh and that's the difference um okay uh one more important piece of news here Uh, beloved sports business reporter Darren Rovell dropped his uh, 2020 early signing day all-name team. And uh, there was one buff who made the cut. Uh, Before I tell you who it is, I'm going to give you a second to see if you can guess who it was that Darren Rovell decided had the best name of any buff. Okay, Uh, it was Montana Lamonius Craig had to have gotten that one. Uh, he was second team All Name as a wide receiver. Um, also, Chase Howell just responded to that tweet and said, uh, "Mr. Williams was snubbed." His literal name is Mr. Williams. I feel like that one has to has to be making those teams. Um, just the important stuff here at the DNVR Buffs Podcast. When we come back, I'm going to run through all of your guys's thoughts on signing day. uh, I'm not actually sure how many replies I got. Hopefully a whole bunch because I love hearing from you, but also this show might go a little bit long. Before we get into that though, I do want to tell you about Mile High Green Cross. We've gotta tell you about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. These guys offer an experience that you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup-winning products when you head to their website. Mile High Green Cross offers a variety of CBD products, from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service, and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention, they have everyday low prices on in-house products, such as $99 pre pack ounces and B3 hash oil bulk deals, five cartridges for $10. Mile High Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. No cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross now accepts hyper, H-Y-P-U-R. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, the time you walk in to the time you walk out is only nine minutes. I know that's super important for me in my hectic and crazy life. They are informative. They are speedy. Head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They are conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they also offer parking in the back. Tell them who sent you. That's literally one block away from me. Like literally, I live one block away from there. It was really weird reading that read for the first time. You guys know because I read it to you guys the first time I read it. Um, okay, let's let's just move along uh, into all of my thoughts. Okay, fifteen people responded to this tweet when I asked for your feelings on today or your questions, and let's dig into those now. We might have to move quickly. I keep I have tweet notifications on for a bunch of these commits. And I keep, they keep popping up and I think it might be something important, but it never is. Um, and then I lost my, there it is. Oh wait, no, those are the likes on this tweet. There are the 15 responses to this tweet, which we're going through right now. Probably should cut that out. I'm not going to, uh, the two hour webcast show. This comes in from Luis Rodriguez Rodriguez, uh, die-hard Buff fan, and DNVR supporter, I bet I bet you Luis Luis will be at the uh, watch party tonight. Um, And hopefully you will be too, whoever you are out there listening. What else are you going to do on a Wednesday night other than come hang out and drink beers and watch hockey and talk about this incredible Buffs recruiting class? I tried to get all this hype out, but all of a sudden I'm going to have to go talk to all these sad sap uh, CSU fans tonight who had to deal with whatever. I didn't even really follow that closely. What happened with the Rams today, Cause I was so entrenched in buff stuff. I'd imagine it wasn't good. Don't have time for this tangent, but I want to talk about last night and I'm not going to pass up the opportunity right now. How about that burner account for CSU Rams head coach, Adazio. I'm not very sure how, uh, Italian to say his name. Um, if you guys haven't seen this you guys should definitely go check it out um a lot of people think that this might be uh an actual burner account for uh steve adagio it's it's at rams csu hc on twitter uh 94 followers in just a few days and he just keeps tweeting hype stuff about Adagio. And it's it's like so much that I doubt that it's actually Adagio. Like you'd have to have better sense than to be tweeting about yourself like this. But, you know, the last tweet was, Many great players are signing with CSU football today. The future is bright with Coach Adagio and these young men ready to compete and win. Uh what else do he say? Lots of retreats. Looking forward to seeing head coach Steve Adagio lead a program that's founded on family values and competitive excellence. Coach Adagio will be a great leader for CSU moving forward. Um, just all, all about Steve Adagio. And it's weird. And I don't know whether it's a burner, whether it's a fake burner, or whether it's just like a real Rams fan who, you know, I don't like to be mean. I try to keep this a positive podcast. But if that's a real Rams fan, he is bad at Twitter. Um, we can move along. Just thought that that was an important thing that has to be addressed. I feel like that's right up my domain, this type of weird RAM stuff. Um, okay. We are currently halfway through Luis Rodriguez's comment and it's been four minutes. Uh, Luis says the two hour webcast show highlighting each player talking to most via FaceTime and including some former buffs in the pros. Okay. So the fire alarm is going off in my apartment. Would really love to finish this comment, but I need to make a snap decision right here. Um, Is there an actual fire in this apartment building? No. That's going to be my bet. I'm going to bet there is no fire. Uh, So I'm going to continue doing this podcast. Uh, If there's no podcast today, now you know why. Also, you would not have heard me say that. Jeez, this has been tough to get through this comment. And it's not Luis's fault. It's actually a great comment. I actually read it earlier. Uh, He said, The two-hour webcast show highlighting each player talking to most via FaceTime and including some former buffs in the pros now is just further evidence that Mel Tucker gets it. CU has resources, connections, etc. And Coach Mel is taking advantage of it. 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, And and I think the, the resources part gets a little bit downplayed based on kind of what the Buffs have been like the last 10, 15, 20 years. But I do think that there's plenty of support out there. There are plenty of CU Boulder grads who would love to give money back to this football program if it gives them something worth giving back for, if it looks like a good investment. You know, Mel said today that a year ago when he was hired, Rick George said, here's what we're going to do. We are going to turn this thing into a contender, and I am here with the wallet to make it work. And so far, it's working. So far, that seems for real. Um, again, they could have cut corners. They don't need a digital staff this size. They don't need all these social media people, these uh, you know graphic designers, all these different people on their staff. A lot of college football programs don't have all these guys. But we saw today in this two-hour live show just how incredible it is to have this whole production team um it's worth it and it paid off and all these kids are are flexing on these graphics that were made for them which are just incredible anything that you make out of black and gold is just going to be amazing you bring in somebody who really knows what they're doing uh i forget his name I really should be shouting out these people specifically. I'll come back with a list of names of people who really did a lot of good work today because they do deserve some recognition from you guys. But, uh, where was I? Yikes. We are meandering and we don't have time to meander. Uh, there's there's resources they're paying off these guys are throwing these ga- graphics onto twitter onto instagram all their friends in their same high school are seeing them all their competitors from other high schools are seeing them people who've already committed to other schools are seeing that and thinking wow i wish nebraska knew how to do something like this um it's it's special it's just so professional again like Louis said mel gets it um Buffs 3 says, of the 20 players who signed today, I think at least 13 of them will play next season. Am I crazy? Yes, you are crazy, but I don't think you're that crazy. Again, all these guys, most of them at least, are, were recruited because of their bodies. You know, not just because of that. They're all very talented. They're smart. They're winners. They have good skills. Like, this is a really good recruiting class, but for pretty much all of them, one of their top, three pros if you were like to list all the pros and cons one of their top three pros is wow look at him and uh that means that they're going to be ready to see the field earlier than a lot of other recruiting classes would be just because so many guys need another 10 pounds need another 15 pounds some of these guys you are saying huh if he puts another 10 15 pounds on he's probably an nfl prospect but he's probably ready to play against bad pac 12 teams right now he could definitely hold his own against colorado state in the opener uh 13, that's a lot. You're crazy, but could it be 10? Who knows? I think, I, I honestly think that there's a path to 13, but I think it'd be a pretty ugly path seeing uh, some disappointing performances from some veterans, some injuries. And again, knock on wood whenever I say something like that, I don't have time to keep saying it because uh, we're only two comments deep. Thank you, Go Buffs 3. Thank you, Luis Rodriguez. We are moving on to capwise.com. I'm sure you caught it, but Mel Tucker stated that they will not be entertaining quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I did catch it, and we talked about it. And uh, again, that might be the story of the day. Because right now, we pretty much know that... Yeah, I I think we know Brendan Lewis is probably going to be the guy, which I am so excited for. Again, I I do think that if you bring in some stopgap guy... Um, you know, if, if, if you can land a decent transfer, there's a good chance that you get more wins than you do with Brendan Lewis. But what if you use that scholarship on another prospect, another guy who might develop um, over the next four years and become a starter down the road, a real piece of your team instead of a one-year player? And that means that in 2021, you you have more experience for Brendan Lewis. He's prepared. He isn't out there playing the first football of his collegiate career. I think it's the right move. I, I do think it's going to cost them one win. I, I, I might be tempted to set the over-under at one and a half wins lost by going with Brendan Lewis instead of uh, a grad transfer quarterback, um, which sucks. It definitely sucks. You want to win as many games as you can. I also think that it changes the over-under on wins in 2021 by adding an extra win and a half. Um So there you go. That's how it compensates. Plus, who knows? Brendan Lewis might just go off. It could be that he has a Jaden Daniels-type rookie performance, and we start saying, oh, wow, there's our guy for four years. Let's not even debate it. Um, Let's see if we can get him some accolades by the end of his career. All on the board, he is that talented. Um, Silverbuff. Oh, I do want to, actually, no, we'll finish here. Silver Buff says, just waiting on Clayton next month. Clearly, Mel thinks Lewis is the QB. Yep, Ashad Clayton, like I said. He's not signing until February 5th. Hopefully, it's with Colorado. He's committed to Colorado. Kansas is the other likely landing spot. A couple thoughts there. You know, he, he does have one of his best friends, uh, And I was talking to a subscriber about or a listener about this today, but you know, he does have a good friend at Kansas, uh, Puka Williams. He's also a running back that adds more competition to the running backs room. Colorado, there's some competition with Jaron Mangum and Alex Fontenot. Ashad Clayton is just special. You know, I I, I wrote a story uh, that, that was basically about. The, the five names to know today uh, breaking down like 200 words apiece on the, the the various recruits, the five guys who I think will kind of be the storylines of the day. and uh, I think I've mostly hit the nail on the head, but one of those guys was Ashad Clayton even though Ashad didn't sign today. And in that story, I broke down his playoff performance. Um, here's here's some details. Ashad actually, uh, let's see, tore his meniscus this spring and had surgery to repair it. He had a slow start to the season. Uh, he, the The coach really didn't let him play with the reps he probably should have until about halfway through, and he kind of just gained steam throughout uh, the the end of the season and looked like again one of the top running backs in the country. Uh, Here's here's the stat lines from the playoffs. Uh, he played five playoff games, the fifth being the state championship. The only loss uh, in game one, he had ten carries, 190 yards, three touchdowns. Huh, quite a quite quite a quite a line there. Ten carries, 190 yards. Game two, 27 carries, 268 yards, four touchdowns. Game three, 21 carries, 237 yards, four touchdowns. Game four, 20 carries. 283 yards, four touchdowns. Game five, the only game... I guess that's not true. Uh, But game five, 32 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. That's just insane production. 19 touchdowns in five playoff games. Averaging, what? Over 250 yards a game. Right around 250 yards a game. It's a... it's it's just incredible to watch him play. Get on huddle. Look at his highlights if you haven't yet. He's huge. Um, there are a lot of factors at play here. Uh, we were kind of seeing this trend in this direction. It's not a huge surprise that he's 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 rethinking his decision. I do think he ends up in Colorado. If the odds were even, I would throw some money at it if I were a gambling man. If the odds were much more than even, I would struggle to do that. Um, also, Silverbuff says, clearly Mel thinks Lewis is the QB. Yup. Yup. Yep. Um, Silverbuff also said, also, the big question is if Alfano will have to sit. If he plays, he gets three sacks against CSU. Oh, yep. Uh again, just reading that it makes me flash back to uh, when I actually wasn't even here. Uh, when uh LaVisca Chenault was getting ready to break out against Colorado State, and, and there was plenty of buzz about it. Everybody in Boulder was saying, Hey, this is this guy's a stud. This is an NFL receiver. He may not have done much last year, but you're all about to find out who LaVisca Chenault is. Just look at this man. And it turns out he's more skilled than physicality. He is just incredibly talented. And uh, a bunch of Rams fans, and one Rams writer in particular, said, uh, no, this is overhyped. This isn't going to happen. And then the rest is history. LaVisca Chenault took off in that game, torched the Rams, torched the Rams, but then also ran them over and beat them down. He he well exceeded the hype and then he did what he did for two years after that. Imagine Antonio Alfano. Imagine what Rams fans would be saying before that game. Like, Oh, you know, he, he flamed out at Alabama. You know, he couldn't hold up. Stop calling him a five star. He couldn't perform like a five star. He's, he's nothing special. That's going to be what the Rams fans are going to be saying. And then in the first Rocky mountain showdown, In that stadium, in front of all three dozen Ram season ticket holders, Antonio Alfano goes out there and just dominates because he will be the most talented football player on that football field. Three sacks against Colorado State? Definitely. The only question is whether Mustafa Johnson or Terrence Lang or Jason Harris uh, is stealing those sacks from him, Um, making it tough to get to three. Again, like Silverbuff said, we don't. this isn't a daydreaming podcast. I'm trying to give you news even though it's kind of tough on days like today. Uh, the big question is if Alfano will have to sit. Yep, he has to apply for a waiver. Uh, I think people who have been given waivers for a lot less. There have also been people in similar situations who haven't gotten waivers uh, be, because he didn't graduate and because he isn't changing levels of college football he isn't going fbs to fcs or juco or division two division three he isn't shifting between any of those levels he does have to sit out a year by the rule book but he's applied for a waiver the ncaa gives out plenty of waivers for things just like this um it's supposed to be a hardship waiver whether he you know it, did, did he have uh, some mental sickness that he was dealing with and those were the reasons he had to leave the school and that he shouldn't be punished? Um, was was his grandma's illness really bad enough that it was weighing on him in a way that he needs to make her more accessible? And people are going to say, oh, well, she's in New Jersey and you you're transferring from Alabama to Colorado. It's not like you're getting closer to her. It's like, well... <laughs> Yeah, good point. If people still walked everywhere, rode horses or even drove cars, no, you fly in airplanes. It's 2019. You aren't driving from Tuscaloosa to New Jersey. You're getting in an airport, you're getting two, three layovers. It's going to be the worst day of your month. Instead, how about you go to one of the biggest international airports in the country and just catch direct flights for an hour and a half whenever you need to. Ugh, people ugh, people are the worst. People are the worst. Um Got that on my system. I do think he gets the waiver. I do think he plays. Um, again, better than 50-50, but maybe not a whole lot better than 50-50. Uh, moving along to John Munch, who says, who do you think the most underrated recruits are in this class? Ooh, I like this. Who has the biggest impact on the field next season? Not named Alfano or Lewis. Thanks, Hank. Uh, that's a great question. That's a really great question. Um, Biggest impact, not named those two. So if Ashad Clayton sticks around in Boulder, it's going to be him. Alex Fontenot looks really good, but Ashad Clayton, I cannot emphasize this enough. He is special. What is your favorite kind of running back? Is it like a guy who you know catches passes out of the backfield, flies up the sideline, just like a straight burner? Is it a guy who's like shifty, makes guys miss, shakes guys out of their shoes, stays low to the ground, and like just jumps by, and it's like there's hopping down the field, almost like a mogul skier getting down the field, weaving through defenders? Or is it like a big power back who just puts his head down, puts the crown of his helmet in somebody's chest, and plows over him? Well, see, here's the thing. It's that Ashton Clayton does all of those things incredibly well. Is he the player as a freshman in college that he will be as a senior in college? Probably not. He's going to grow. He's going to get faster. He's going to get better. But watching what he's done over this last month, there's no doubt he's really ready for, for Pac-12 football. He's a, he's a guy who, at the end of his career, is going to be an NFL-type guy and you're going to be saying, wow, what is he still doing in college football? He should be playing the NFL. Right now, he's playing high school football, and people are saying, what is he doing in high school football? He should be playing Pac-12 football. Uh, if he's in Boulder, he's going to make a huge impact. I'm confident in that. Um, outside of him, I think Jordan Berry is a, a guy to definitely watch out for. Defensive tackle, a guy this coaching staff really likes. Uh, I think the right around the fifth rated recruit in the bus class this year. So, you know, maybe not the biggest name kind of on that edge. Uh He's 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 like a lot of these guys already fitting the size. He's uh listed 6'2 3'23". He's a big boy. He's going to fill a role. They like to rotate players on that defensive line. Uh, they go deep there, so I'm, I'm going to anticipate him being a part of that rotation for sure. Uh, who else? I know, I'll, 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 like GoBuffs3 said, there are a lot of these guys who could definitely make their way onto the field. That's what makes this so hard is picking the few who I'm convinced will. Um, even Alvin Williams, a guy who's maybe even below average ranking in this class... But he's a defensive end. He's only 6'4", 220, but he can get after the quarterback. He looks like a man amongst boys in high school. Justin Jackson, near the bottom of this list, but a, a, a Juco transfer who should be able to fill a role in that defensive line rotation. I think that that's where you see some gaps, or maybe not even gaps, but just where there's room for some improvement with this pass rush and... Colorado find some, found some good pass rushers. I expect to see quite a few of them play. Um, Christian Gonzalez, the safety, he's going to be out there. Uh, let's go with that. Let's let's move along. Um, I really like what I see from Caleb Faria, too. Uh, he, he might not be uh, a consistently used uh, tight end in this offense just because I'm not sure he can block well enough at this point. But as a receiving threat, he's going to be special in a couple of years. He looks like a good tight end. And and, and it's tar- hard to explain what exactly that is. But there's this way that tight ends move. And you see it with guys like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. Where is it, it it's a fluidity with the size? And you know, Cale Faria, 6'5", 220. Um, might need to put on it just a couple pounds to be a little bit better blocker. But he can move. He's pretty long I, th- I think he could be a threat as a receiver uh, this year. Uh, he's a guy who I've really been rising on. Um, okay, we'll move along. Those are a couple names to watch out for. We are taking our time through this. Uh, oh, you also said, who do you think the most underrated recruits are in this class? I love that question. Honestly, we could do a whole show on this. Um Carson Lee, I I wrote, he was one of the five names to know in the story I wrote. Uh, I mentioned him earlier in the show as well as a guy who, I mean, he weighed in at that, the opening regional at 333 pounds, six foot three. No, I think six foot two there uh it's listed six foot three some places six to other uh the, the point is he's going to be uh something special he's so big he's strong he has the right attitude he seems like a smart kid i i get to spend some time with him on saturday which i'm pretty excited about but uh he's he's one to watch for for sure uh again whether he can pass joshua jines I don't know. Um, Alvin Williams, I mentioned earlier uh, when I was talking about guys who can contribute. I think that he is underrated. Um, I think that ju- I, I think that he really is special. Uh, Jared Lichtenhan, there is another. One of the bottom recruits in this class, but he's six, eight and a half, 345 pounds as a tackle. I haven't watched the tape on him. I will say that. But how can that even be? Like, like, like how could he not just be incredible? I'll dig into him, but just because he has the physical tools, you have to say, yeah, that's that's underrated right there. Here's another one for you. Uh one more underrated prospect for this 2020 class, Ashad Clayton. He still isn't getting the love he deserves. He is one of the five best running backs in the country watch watch the way he runs watch the blend of skills he has he's going to be special wherever he goes hopefully it's colorado he should be getting more hype and and you know he had offers to georgia alabama lsu it's it's not like he's flying under the radar it's just that for some reason these recruiting services aren't seeing him as the 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 five star that i think he actually might be um So there you go. Um, Mike Del Pizzo says, good class, but this needs to be our floor moving forward to compete for the Pac-12. Yes. Yes, it absolutely does. Um, With one exception. Uh, Remember that growth isn't linear. And as this program develops, it's going to be a few years before they're competing for Pac-12 titles likely competing nationally with with some of the top teams in the country or even that second tier competing to be a uh, 15th 10th ranked team in the country and then competing to be top five uh it's going to take some time it, it, it takes a while to progress to that level and it isn't always just a climb there are setbacks you know this recruiting class uh, you, you just want to see for every step backwards they take in the recruiting rankings from one year to the next for there to be two steps forward. So, you know, you, you want to see them right now. They're what? Sixth in the Pac-12, I believe. Next year, you want to see them move up to four or five. And then if they fall back to five, six, seven, it's disappointing, but that stuff happens. Growth is not linear. It isn't for players. It isn't for coaches. It isn't for people as human beings. And it isn't for football programs. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, yes, I do expect them to continue to recruit. I do think that this will serve as a good baseline, but if they come back next year and are just marginally below what they did this year, that could be the fluky setback year. Don't be so quick to say, oh no, this program isn't heading in the right direction. Um, there are going to be a few of those years. Again, one in three, if, if, if that's when you're having these down classes where you're two spots below where you want to be in the rankings, maybe even three spots below, then you're in a good place. Uh, Also want to say USC dead last in the Pac-12 in the recruiting rankings this year. Uh, Part of it because they really haven't signed many players, uh, but also dead last, the USC Trojans. Um, I don't have much analysis there. Just want to throw that out there. Make sure you knew. Um, Moving on to Dustin Duff solid class and great foundation on top of the kids that signed in 2019 merged out with the experience our young dudes got last year and it's trending in the right direction loving the size coach mel tucker is going after every year beef wins yes 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 i love a lot of what you said there this is the foundation this really is this is this next era of colorado football we're gonna see these guys grow uh grow with others like mark perry kj Trujillo, jaron mangum um, a whole a whole bunch of others Vonte Chenault Remember him? Uh, it's weird how My hype level for him Has just died down Because of all these other It's I don't know It's like Christmas where Like one Christmas You get an Xbox And you're like Oh wow Nothing could top this And then the next Christmas You get like I don't even know uh, a, P- a Playstation <laughs> And and you're like Playing with your Playstation you're like Oh who even Needs that Xbox And then I guess that's kind of Because you've replaced it But um But the point is you still really like that and the the Xbox is still really important you still spend some time with it. You still spend a lot of time with it, but because something else is newer and shinier and this was a terrible analogy because these are two competing things. You're definitely cutting into your Xbox time. If you get PlayStation, um, let's just move along. Don't forget about these last guys. This is the foundation. This is the Brendan Lewis era. That's starting, uh, soon. He's enrolling this spring. He's going to be on campus in January. Uh, Pretty crazy. Um, there you go. Uh, let's move on. Oh, he also said uh, loving the size. Yeah, we talked about that. They fit the profile. Who knows if these guys will all live up to the potential. Like, you know, Jared Lichtenham, for some reason, he's only uh, at a point eight one five nine in the composite rankings. He's uh, the 199th best prospect in Colorado. Uh, that's, not, that's not great, but he's six eight and a half, 345 pounds. There's potential there to be coached up. You bring in a guy who wants to play left tackle at six foot two. Guess what? There's no way you're getting him to the NFL, even if he is perfectly refined in everything that he does. Um, there's a lot of upside here, and and I, I get scared saying that. I get scared saying, look at all these guys. They're big. They have upside, because I, it sounds like they aren't also very good football players, which is. Which they are. I mean, honestly, this is very similar to past recruiting classes. But it's like if you took last year's recruiting class or the year before, or the year before that, and then threw two inches and twenty pounds on everybody, and they were still doing the same thing. You know, they—that's that—is the big improvement here. Um, okay, uh, let's just keep going. <laughs> Adam uh, at AP Smith. So I guess his name is probably Adam P Smith says, why didn't Clayton sign today? Thoughts on Harris. Uh, it's because Clayton is still making up his mind. You know, he is committed, uh, but something happened in there that made him, you know, not even change his mind, but, but understand that there's a possibility that his mind could change and he doesn't want to make the wrong decision. Um, a, a lot of guys, uh, feel like they have to sign now during this early signing period because if they don't the the coach is going to pull their offer they're they're going to give the offer to somebody else because they want to make sure that they fill out this class with everybody they need you know if your options are the 20th ranked defensive tackle in the class but you have to wait a month and there's a chance he decommits and leaves you out to dry or you can get the 25th ranked defensive tackle and just have him locked up you're taking the 25th ranked de- defensive tackle for a guy like Ashad Clayton, though, he is so talented. If if Mel says, Hey, we need to know by this day, we need to plan around this. We can't let this happen. Either do it or don't, Ashad's gonna bounce back with, Okay, well, I'll just go to Bama. Like <laughs> you know, uh, he he has some power here because he is such a highly rated prospect. That's why he does this and others don't, even if others may have some doubts. I mean Nobody is 100% certain that the choice they're making to go to college is the right one. There's there's some doubt in everybody's mind, whether you're a football player or not. Um, today was just the day that everybody else had to say, you know what, I'm in. Um, and Ashad, for a variety of reasons, the biggest being that he is as talented as he is, gets another couple of months to sort things out for sure. I do think that he does end up being a buff. Um, thoughts on Harris? Uh, Jason Harris, like I said, how how do you even explain this man? Um, here's how we'll start. He could he, he has offers to Arizona and Arizona State and DePaul and plenty of other schools to play power forward. Uh, the the basketball position of power forward. Uh, that's that's the kind of talent he is. He could go to UCLA. He, he has he has he has options um, on the basketball court. Football-wise, he has just as many options. And they're all like the powerhouses. You know, he could go be the next big defensive end at Utah. He could go be the next big defensive end at Bama, Auburn, uh, Oregon. He he has all these offers. I'm still pretty confident that he's going to call Lorado. 6'7", 220, needs to put on some weight he's still an above average Pac-12 football player without the weight um i believe according to the uh, composite rankings at 247 sports he's actually the higher rated guy between him and Ashad Clayton like he would be the new number 1 in this class um and also that that class ranking the the 6 in the Pac-12 doesn't include transfers so um Jalen Stryker and also Antonio Alfano, the number one recruit in last year's class at one point, uh, aren't impacting that ranking at all. So tack a couple more points on top of the buffs if you want to. Um, With Harris, he is going to announce uh, the beginning of January. It's in my story. If you want to know the exact time, it's like 7 p.m. January 2nd, maybe. I didn't include the 7 p.m. because nobody would say whether that's uh, Eastern Time or what. It must be Eastern Time, but I didn't want to be wrong. Um, he's announcing before the Under Armour All-America Bowl. Like, it's going to be live on ESPN2. He's going to put the hat on, do that whole thing. Um, again, if he ends up coming to Colorado, this is the way to do it. Um, for, for Colorado's benefit. You know, Ashad's a thing, waiting. Sure, there's a chance that he ends up leaving Colorado out to dry. You know, they, they did lose what's his name um the running back who ended up going to houston uh whose name i'm totally spacing on but but he decommitted oh for a second uh he he decommitted because stacy stacy sneed that's what it is it's definitely stacy sneed uh not not my best pull. It took me a while uh, but, but he ended up going to Houston and said he decommitted because Ashad Clayton committed. And so it kind of would leave Colorado out to dry if Ashad Clayton leaves. Jason Harris, on the other hand, when he makes his decision, um, he's making his decision in front of the entire country. Uh, a whole bunch of people watching. It's great press for CU. He's likely already told either Colorado or UCLA or Auburn or Arizona, wherever he's going, he's probably already told them W- that he is going there, but he wants all the drama, the buildup going into the All-America Bowl. Also, he's good enough to get an invite to the All-America Bowl. So, that should tell you... I guess, is it just the All-America game? I don't think they call that one a bowl. Doesn't matter. Moving along. Um, Nigel Bethel, what's the word there? So, Nigel Bethel, he's a cornerback. He's a transfer from... Miami I believe and uh yeah he he's definitely Miami. There there there've been a couple cornerback things. This whole cornerback year was just kind of strange with everything that happened. But uh he transferred to Colorado, had to sit out this season. Um he's back this year. He's he's ready to play. Uh I I haven't heard much to be perfectly honest with you about how he fits in. I do think he He's part of he's part of that group of guys who could be important pieces, or they uh, they could really not be all that involved at all. You know, KJ Trujillo and his his action this year, specifically late, he looked like a future NFL player. Um, Tariq Luckett, Dylan Thomas, all young guys who played really well. Uh, Nigel Bethel joins that group. Uh, you, you also have Jalen Stryker from uh, let's see, he's Independence Community College, who I think will also be competing for time in that group. I don't know how to handicap it. Uh, I think that... Oh, also, Chris Miller. Let's not forget about the guys coming back from injury. Chris Miller and Makai Blackman. I mean, it, it's going to be tough to leave at least one guy off the field who... Uh, who should be playing consistently. And it could be tough to leave as many as three, four guys off the field because there is that much talent. Although a lot of it is young, not totally developed, a little bit raw. So it's not like this is going to be a powerhouse group of cornerbacks. Again, it's possible, but it's uh, it, it, it should be in 2021. Uh, that's what I'm going to say about that. Nigel Bethel, I don't know specifics, but I do think he's part of that tier of cornerbacks um Jason Williamson says so impressed with Mel Tucker's press conference and love that man's suit yes I'm glad we got one more suit comment that's a such a great suit he looked incredible in that suit just gray little shine Mm, love it Uh, again he gets it the man exudes professionalism exactly did today inform us at all on where this leaves the buffs at quarterback (laughs) yes sir it did uh Brendan Lewis, like I said, uh, definitely the favorite to win the quarterback battle between him uh, and Tyler Lytle, who was the backup this year, and Blake Stenstrom, who was the third string this year. Who knows who's going to develop, who's going to show out in camp, whether Brendan Lewis is even ready to take on a responsibility like that, but because Mel Tucker says that it's not a consideration to go to the transfer portal for a quarterback it seems like they're probably done uh adding players at quarterback michael marquez funny how the early signing period for early enrollees has now become the finish line just more leverage for the schools and more stress for the athletes yep yep but i mentioned that earlier you know it's uh it, there's this this power that the college coaches have saying you know what we need to fill this out we need to make sure we have all these spots so many guys are committed so many guys are signing we can't afford to wait these extra two months for you to make up your mind you know for guys like a clayton they can They they can wait to, to, to take their time make sure they're making the right decision uh everybody else though it's pretty much a do or die at this point um Let's see. Anything else there? Uh, No. I I mean, most of the class, what, you had 20 guys signed today. You also have, I guess, a couple transfers that became official. Um, Majority of your class, majority of your class for sure. Um, Also, yes, more stress for the athletes, uh, moves up their timeline, two months fewer to make a massive decision in their life. Uh, Dan Lipman says, who is going to play quarterback in 2020? I mean, this is the big question and we kind of got an answer today. That's part of the reason I'm so hyped because it is Brendan Lewis likely. Uh, and, uh, is that the best option for wins in 2020? Maybe not, but I do think it is the best option for wins down the road. And, uh, it's definitely the most fun option for 2020. Um, okay. Matthew Green says, strength, size, and speed on both sides of the ball. For better or worse, Mel Tucker will change the dynamics of Pac-12 football forever. Sure. Yeah. I, I think you can definitely see that cross to Pac-12. I think Mel Tucker deserves some credit. I think Mario Cristobal and what he's doing up at Oregon, uh, he deserves some credit for kind of bringing this SEC brand of football over to the West Coast. Uh, Mel Tucker, definitely in that line, though, definitely going to be very influential in playing SEC football over here. I think he's made it very clear that that's what he's interested in. He's bringing in these big tight ends. He's bringing in these big, bulky linemen. He's bringing in uh, Jail Stacks. I'm so excited about him. Um Another guy who's just growing on me and growing on me uh, as a fullback. Uh, yes, I, I do think it's changing the dynamics of the Pac-12. Um, also, you say for better, or for worse, it, it's so much better. This, this is what football is supposed to be. Uh, it's like Mel Tucker said, football is a, a big man's game. Something like that. I didn't write this one down, but, but he did basically say like, it's it's a game for big people. It's a game for big men. Uh, something like that. And, uh, He's right, you know, and, and his thinking is, if the Pac-12 keeps trying to be speedy, have all these little guys, guess what? You're going to get overpowered when you play against the the best teams in the country, when the best teams aren't from the Pac-12. Uh, it's been rare you've seen a Pac-12 team really break through. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he he's trying to play real big boy football, and I think we all love to see it. Um remember all the screens they used to run remember all the screens in 2018 we can move on uh just want to just want to sometimes it's good when we're feeling so good about ourselves and where everything is trending just to think back to what was happening just even recently um this is a change this is very different football and uh it's a change for the better um cam walter i think the last one i'll refresh this because this was a long show uh i can't remember ever being so excited about the buffs next season is going to be incredible what a perfect note to end this show on um yeah that's it i I mean i i think that this is the most hyped you should be about uh this program or should have been for a long time uh, even the, the the rise year, the the rise year, you know, because it's called the rise. But um, even that year, I don't think you had this many signs ahead of time, you know. Like uh, it, this year isn't going to turn into a year like that. I'm, I'm I'd be willing to bet, but at the same time, there should be more hype now than there was before that season, given what's happening around this program. This feels sustainable more than anything, and I think that's what I like best. Uh, This seems like the kind of thing where... And Mel addressed this. You know, you sign a guy like Antonio Alfano, you steal him from Alabama, and all of a sudden, other guys are saying, wait, what's Antonio Alfano doing in Colorado? Maybe I should take a visit. And Mel says, as soon as we get him up here, they're ours to lose. You can recruit to Boulder. Uh, Who'd have guessed after seeing them win a national championship? Um... Uh just just love it. Just love it. Uh, this is this is sustainable. This is the first step. Uh, I do think that they keep building on top of these classes, keep moving up these Pac-12 rankings. Again, they've never been in the top half of the Pac-12 in the recruiting rankings before. Never. I think all but, I can't remember if it's two or three years, they've uh, been dead last. And I think two of the years, they weren't dead last. They were actually second to last. So this is not, this is not a small deal. That doesn't factor in Antonio Alfano. Um, what a foundation. How well done was this entire day by everybody involved with that program? Uh, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm excited to be covering this team uh, for, for the coming years. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I didn't get to the comments on the podcast, but I will get to those on Friday. Hopefully, I'm about to see all you guys in about an hour at the DNVR Avs watch party, which I promise you is going to be a blast, as they always are. Um, draft pod tomorrow. Hopefully, you guys will tune into that. Uh, I'll get some Andre Simone's takes on this recruiting class, see if he's feeling the hype, too. Um, and then Friday, we're back in with some buff stuff. Also, tomorrow night, I'm going out to the game against Prairie View. Uh, basketball. See you Event Center. Hopefully, I'll see you all out there. We'll talk about that on Friday. Uh, probably talk more about this recruiting class on Friday, too. I'm excited. What a fun time. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, you can leave them on the post for today's show at thednvr.com, and I will get to them on Friday. Again, you do have to be... A uh, member of DNVR to be able to have your voice heard on these podcasts, but you know, maybe maybe now's a good time. Okay, uh, that's it. I'm out. I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: I think they like my- fishing 180 speed and competition. and see you later baby, baby. colorado yeah. army with soldiers like the navy yeah. and boat where we station, patiently awaiting. when i hit the field it's so hard to behave sure. i'm colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. look into my eyes i can tell that you afraid uh-huh. cause you know we finna hit ya hit you, up, hit, up, hit, up. hit hey. Hey. you on your own now why you watching the official sure. you just better hope next with and we ain't playing with you. you can get it anytime We yeah. start at the scrimmage we gon' win it at the line. Yeah. my colorado swag in the middle of the ring Green. throwing blows knocking down team after the team think they like my colorado swag because when i'm in that play i don't really i don't really know just how to act and when i'm in it go you know i'm acting bad Get a bus with my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. My Colorado Sway. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado Sway. Have you ever seen around? Not in to Colorado.